It's great to listen to you guys sing. It really is. If you would please turn in your Bibles. Notice I turned my mic off so you don't have to hear me sing. Um, turn in your Bibles, if you would please, to page 400. I didn't have the, the page number in the, in the bulletin today, but we're going to be um, reading Judges chapter 16. We're going to start at verse 17 and go through the end of the chapter. That's page 400 in your pew Bible. Judges chapter 16, starting at verse 17. So he told her everything. No razor has ever been used on my head, he said, because I have been a Nazarite dedicated to God from my mother's womb. If my head were shaved, my strength would leave me, and I would become as weak as any other man. When Delilah saw that he had told her everything, she sent word to the rulers of the Philistines, Come back once more. He's told me everything. So the rulers of the Philistines returned with the silver in their hands. And after putting him to sleep on her lap, she called for someone to shave off the seven braids of hair and so began to subdue him. And his strength left him. Then she called, Samson, the Philistines are upon you. He woke from his sleep and thought, I'll go out as I did before, shake myself free. But he did not know that the Lord had left him. Then the Philistines seized him, gouged out his eyes, and took him down to Gaza. Binding him with bronze shackles, they set him, they set him to grinding grain in the prison. But the hair on his head began to grow again after it had been shaved. Now the rulers of the Philistines assembled to offer a great sacrifice to Dagon, their god, and to celebrate, saying, Our god has delivered Samson our enemy into our hands. When the people saw him, they praised their God, saying, Our God has delivered our enemy into our hands, the one who has laid waste our land and multiplied our slain. While they were in high spirits, they shouted, Bring out Samson to entertain us. So they called Samson out of prison, and he performed for them. When he stood among them, when they stood among him among the pillars, Samson said to the servant who held his hands, Put me where I can feel the pillars that support the temple, so that I may lean against them. Now the temple was crowded with men and women, and all the rulers of the Philistines were there. And on the roof were about 3,000 men and women watching Samson perform. Then Samson prayed to the Lord, Sovereign Lord, remember me. Please, God, strengthen me once more, and let me with one blow get revenge on the Philistines for my eyes. Then Samson reached toward the two central pillars on which the temple stood, bracing himself against them, his right hand on one and his left hand on the other. Samson said, let me pass with the Philistines. Then he pushed with all his might and down came the temple on the rulers and the people. When his brothers and then his brothers and family his father's family went down to get him and brought him back and buried him with, between Zorah and Eshtal in the tomb of Manoah, his father. And he had led Israel 20 years. This is the word of God for the people of God. The last part of Samson, finishing strong. 
We all have different tasks that we face, projects, or maybe it's a hard day on the job. Maybe it's a difficult situation that we're in emotionally. But we would all like to finish strong, right? Too often, though, we're like, man, if I can just survive this, if I can just make it through, that takes, it, honestly, it, just, it takes a, a sense of boldness to go from, if I can just survive, to I'm going to finish strong doesn't it? It takes a sense of boldness. It takes further determination to go, look, I'm not out to survive. I'm out to win. I, I've been doing some reading in um, 2 Kings. And um, 2 Kings chapter 2, this is the transition of Elijah, Elijah the prophet, to Elisha. Okay, And when that happens, Elisha is Elijah's understudy, and he's learning, and he's becoming the next prophet. And it gets a point in time when God is going to take Elijah up. Elijah doesn't die, but in a whirlwind, this guy goes up to heaven, Elijah goes to heaven, and Elisha is left standing there with Elijah's cloak that falls to the ground. Before they get to that point, Elijah kept telling Elisha, just stay here. I'm going to this town, but you just stay here. And Elisha's like, no, 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 I'm coming. I want to be there when God takes you up. And so Elijah finally asks Elisha, what is it that I can do for you? I want double of what you got, is what Elisha says. I want double of your spirit. That what God has used you for, I want double of that. That's bold, isn't it? Because too often, we get into a situation or a circumstance where we're connected to someone and we see a part of their character that is what we want. Have you ever met somebody that's just super patient and you go, man... Here's what we say. If I could be half the man, if I could be half the person, we see someone that's compassionate, man, if I could just be half of that, then that would be great. Not Elisha. I want double what you got. And if that's ever been said to you, if I could be like you, Steve, if I could play the organ half as, be as good as you do, but when we do that, or if anyone's ever said that to you, in the back of our minds, we think, oh, if you knew what it took for me to get here, you don't want any of this. But Elisha is like, no, I want that. And I want what it takes. And I want to pursue that. I want that. I don't want to just be this, I want to be this, and I'm willing to pay the price for it. That's powerful, isn't it? It makes your whole mind start to shift and go, 
All right. Let's let's get in this. Let's do this. That that point some of us have that competition in us that go, okay, I can do this. And I want to do this. And I want to become. And I want this. And I don't want to just survive. I want to finish strong. I want to finish strong. And it doesn't matter what we're facing. If it's something physical. If it's something emotional. If it's something mental. If it's something spiritual. There has to be a drive that we ask God to ignite within us that's going to go from, if I could be half the person, to I want double. And where everything is heading, you need double, church. You need double. And God wants to offer it. We don't just want to make it. We want to win. We don't just want to survive. We're conquerors. We're overcomers. We're ones who win the war. So part of what we're going to be talking about today is, yes, Samson finished his calling. The other part of what we're going to talk about is how the enemy works. And we're going to see some of how Satan works against us in this story. Here's your sermon in a sentence. I am created to finish strong. I am created to finish strong. Remember we talked about being anointed, what that means. That you have been given the gifts and the power to be and do what God created you to be and do. You have them. Just like Samson was anointed. That last part of chapter 16, what well, the entire chapter 16, shows us how the enemy works to disassemble and steal and take the gifts and talents that we've been given. And that's part of what we're going to look at. Samson finished his calling. Samson prayed, verse 28, O sovereign Lord, remember me and please strengthen me once more. He wanted revenge. We talked about this last week. He wanted revenge. What was God's purpose in putting Samson on the earth? He was a judge to deliver his people. So here are the Philistines. They now have Samson. In verses 23 and 24, they start this big gathering, this huge celebration. To whom? Dagon. We can go real deep about what Dagon is and who Dagon is. But he is not a representation of the Almighty at all. This is a celebration to the enemy of the Most High that they have now captured God's man. And God's like, we're not having this. You're not going to celebrate a defeat here. And so God empowers Samson and people are destroyed. All of the celebration comes to a, a great end because the one who they thought they captured turned around and destroyed them. That's called a divine reversal. I've spoke about it often. 
but a divine reversal when the when God and Satan are at it and we are those involved in this fight what Satan wants to destroy God will turn around and be victorious that's called a divine reversal and that's what we see here so they this Philistine gathered in victory they're making fun of Samson and they're praising their God and Samson asks for God to show himself and to show himself strong. We get into these situations sometimes. We get into these situations where it looks like it's all falling apart. That the enemy has defeated us, that we have at points have given in, and we'll get into that in a few minutes, but that we've given in, that we made a wrong move. And we get placed into situations where it looks like, yes, the enemy has defeated me. It's at that point we cannot forget to ask. Call upon the Almighty and let Him redeem you and the situation. Don't just bow down in defeat. God always has something up His sleeve. Always. Samson finished his calling. Whatever you're in, whatever situation and circumstance that you're in, know that God is waiting for you to ask. He is waiting for you to ask. And watch Him turn it all around. Just watch it. It happens all the time in the most unique ways because God wants to make sure that His fingerprints are on it. That people will see Him in the middle of it all. It's never too late to call on Him. You've never done, done too much wrong. You don't deserve everything that you're getting. Let God step into your situation and show Himself strong. In this story, let's see how the enemy works. First, persistent. The enemy is persistent. Verses 4 through 20. Delilah tried to get Samson to tell her, to tell her how to remove his strength. Three times. Three times. Manipulation. Her own boldness. She was offered money in her greed and in her own persistence. She wanted to know what gift he had so that she could take it. Now, what's, who's driving her? We don't fight against, against flesh and blood. That's what the Bible tells us. We don't fight against flesh and blood. So the enemy is seeking to take the gifting that Samson's been given so that the children of Israel would be destroyed and stay imprisoned. Verse 16, some of us may be able to relate to this verse. With such nagging, she prodded him day after day until he was tired to death. You can laugh, because you know what? We've all been there. <laughs> and we've done it. 
But it's like you want something or somebody wants something and there is this nagging that happens and that takes place until, you know what, I am tired to death. I'll give you what you want. Just stop. If you were given such a gift that Samson had, would you sell it to stop the nagging? That's a different way to look at it, isn't it? If you've been given such a miraculous gift that was designed to not only for you, but for everybody around you, but somebody was just like, no, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Would you sell it? Would you give it up? She must have been one amazing nagger because Samson was like, man, here. Bald's beautiful. Cut my hair off. I'm done. But that's how the enemy works. That's one of the ways. Is just that picking. It's that nagging. It doesn't always have to be a landslide that comes down and tears your house off the foundation. Oftentimes, it's a rock or a pebble in your shoe. That's like, man, I'm dumb. I'm tired with that. Samson gave up. So in the enemy's persistence, it's our job to persevere. Do you see that? Persevere. It's not about the nagging. It's about understanding the value and depth of what you've been given, the anointing that God has placed on your life that is so valuable because it's for you, and it's for everyone else around you so that they will get to know the one who died on the cross. It's that important to understand what you've been given and how valuable it is. So valuable that somebody's going to come and try and take it or they're going to steal it. They want to negate it. And that's what the enemy wanted to do. And the, and, and, and the devil does. And, and all of his imps and all of his demons comes after us in such fashions. We all have been faced with manipulation, greed, the nagging, all of those things. And it's to stop us from being who we've been called to be. Second, another way that the enemy works. He blinds you. He blinds you. Here's a part of my life that I'm working on on a consistent basis. Not to get all worked up. I can get worked up in a frenzy pretty fast. Okay? I, I can. And it's always based on my assumption of a situation. Most times a wrong assumption. And I get, can get worked up, and then all of a sudden, the facial expressions that aren't so kind and friendly come about. The voice tone begins to share itself. The body language comes out. So the person in front of me fully understands what I'm thinking. And anything else that comes to my mind that can help communicate what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. So in one of my situations, we'll call it a situation, <laughs> the Lord is like, you know what, Ian? Things aren't what they seem. Yes, but I, I see it this way, this way, this way, and this way. Yes, and you see wrongly. Blinded. 
blinded. Just what happened with Samson. It happens to us. The enemy clouds our thinking. We see through dark glasses. We see from the angle that we are feeling. And God is like, no, 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 no. I need you to see it clearly. I need you to see it through my eyes. But the enemy wants to blind us in our circumstances, in our situations, in our relationships. Because the enemy's job is to steal, kill, and destroy. And if we aren't seeing correctly, then we are going to react even more incorrectly. Right? How many of us have had to go through and clean that mess up? More than once. And it really gets to the point of like, when am I going to get tired of cleaning up the mess? When am I going to understand that this attack is so that I make a mess? When am I going to realize that I'm not seeing correctly? That I need to take my glasses off and clean them? The enemy wants us blind. Again, ask God, how do you see this? Let me see with your eyes. Let me understand this attack that I'm under. Let me see things clearly so that I can then take the gifting and the anointing that you've given me and engage that in the situation. Because I'm, I'm here to win. I, I'm not here to, to just get by. I, I, I'm tired of trying to survive. I want to win. And that's what God wants for us. In the middle of it all, He wants us to win. Now, there are mistakes that the enemy makes. Praise the Lord, He's the one that's perfect, and Satan is not. So, have you guys ever seen um, in different competitions where people celebrate too early? <laughs> I know, that's funny. <laughs> because they know they've got it. You know, the guys that are running down the track and they're way ahead and they're shouting at the crowd and all of a sudden, zoom! And the facial expression is priceless. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Because they get into a celebration... Look at chapter 16. They're in this huge celebration. Right? And, and it just stuns me when I read through this because do, do you know what they forgot? They forgot what made Samson strong. His hair started growing back. That's miraculous. That's a blessing. There's many of us that would go, that would be wonderful. Some of you wouldn't even recognize me, right, Christy? <laughs> Thanks to Julie posting my picture on the Facebook with the, when I had hair. <clears throat> but his hair started growing back. And then they're like, well, you know what? Invite Samson in to perform. He's getting stronger. Did they think that just the blindness would stop him from fulfilling his calling? 
Yeah. They forgot about it all. But in the middle of the celebration, they were celebrating too early. And they put him next to the posts that hold up the whole building. And he decided to finish strong. The enemy makes mistakes. They think the demonic forces that come against us think that they've got us. The same way Satan felt like they had Jesus in the tomb. It's done. There is no way Ian can recover from this. There is no way that he'll make it. They make mistakes. They were too busy praising their God and forgetting where his power came or Samson's power came from. It wasn't in his hair, but it was in the one that he served. But they, they let it happen. And there's a distraction that happens in the enemy's camp against us. Watch for those distractions. It will bring you victory. So they celebrate too early. Our God has, they said in verse 24, our God has delivered our enemy into our hands. All Samson had to do was ask. And God was there. And he fulfilled his purpose. The end of the chapter says, and he led Israel for 20 years. He was the judge. He was the deliverer. He was the hope for that people. The Israelites believed God had sent him, and he did. And even in the midst of Samson choosing at points to step away from his calling, he was never too far. He was never too far. It's the same for us. We're never too far. We're never too far down the road. God is there, and He, was li- he will listen, ask. The enemy is not perfect. They will make mistakes. They will celebrate too early. But He will nag you. He will be persistent. He will blind you. And those are just some of His tactics. But in our persistence, and in in our trust, and in our willingness to pursue the power that has been given to us, and to use the gifts that we've been given, you can and will finish strong. I didn't say perfect. But you can finish strong. Father, Lord God, I just thank you for this story, this testimony of one of your servants to be an example for us. Not perfect, but used by you. As a matter of fact, 
God, you know that His name is mentioned in Hebrews 11, in what we call today the Hall of Faith. One not perfect, but one who trusted you, and in His faith called out to you. And you met Him where He was. Father, I ask for that for us today. In the difficulties that we face, meet us where we are. Remind us of the gifts that we've been given. Remind us that the Holy Spirit, your Spirit, lives within us. Father, you tell us to call upon you and you will answer us. And you will be there for us to take our cares and to cast them into your lap. You'll meet us where we are. Father, bringing our needs, defeating the enemy that has come to steal, kill, and destroy. And Father, give us life. And give us life more abundant. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.